Hi, everyone. Welcome to Young Adulting Podcast. I'm Grace Atwood. And I'm Becca Freeman. And we're here to talk to you about the royal we. It's a special royal wedding edition of Young Adulting, and we're talking about one of our all-time favorite books. All-time favorites. I have to give credit where credit was due. When uh, we launched the first episode of the podcast, one of my coworkers, Molly, the first thing she said to me was, you need to do a special wedding episode with the royal we. So thanks, Molly. Yeah, all her idea, but a really good idea. And we're pumped to talk about this. We have a lot to say. So we're going to get try and get through our highs and lows of the week like pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, so Becca, what was your high? So my high is anticipatory. I think that's a word. My high is that I'm leaving this week and I'm going to San Francisco for 10 days. I am going to my friend Ashley's bachelorette party, which is in wine country. And then I'm staying in the city for a week because I used to live there and I haven't been back in almost two years. And I have three of my very best friends in the world who live there. So I'm super excited to go spend some quality time with my San Francisco friends and go exploring around San Francisco. What's your high? Um, So my high is that I am gearing up for my very first yoga retreat ever in a week. And I'm going to Cuba. So first of all, I'm so excited. Cuba has been like at the top of my travel list forever. Um, I'm very nervous about hanging out with strangers for a whole week. But I'm hoping that I make some new friends. And I mean, I really can't think of anything better than doing yoga twice a day and exploring a brand new city. That sounds so cool. I can't wait to hear what you think. I can't wait. Well, um, Becca, what was your low? Oh. I was going to say updates to come next week on yeah. how our trips are. Yeah. We're world travelers. Yeah. Um, Becca, what was your low? My low is really shallow this week. So my low is that the Bobbi Brown mascara that I used to use, it's called like Glamorous Length or something. It got discontinued. So that is so sad. I hate when that happens. Yeah, I was looking for it on Sephora, and it just doesn't exist anymore. So I'm on the hunt for a new mascara. It was my everyday mascara. I I have a few for you. Okay. I usually use um, Dior Show for, like, going out at night, but this was, like, more separating and lengthening, and I felt like it was really natural, but it no longer exists. So So that sucks. I have strong feelings on mascara, and I really don't want this to run over, but... Mascara is one of those things like the drugstore version is just as good as the fancy version. Hmm. So I have some good drugstore mascaras for you and some high-end ones too. But I I, um, actually buy my mascara at the drugstore. I get sent – I have like a a shoebox full of mascaras, but the one that I like most is Maybelline Total Oh, interesting. Well, I'll take your mascara cast off because I'm in the market for something new. What I I really liked about this one, in case this helps anyone give me a good recommendation, is that the brush was like plastic. It wasn't natural. And so I felt like it was really good for separation. Like similar to the the benefit. Was it like a comb? Yeah. Like the benefit roller ball one, which I don't like the formula of that, but I like the brush. Oh, see, I don't like when it's plastic. So I'll just give you any ones that are plastic. Great. Well, I'm on the hunt. Other people, if you, if you happen to use the same Bobby Brown one and are also upset, let me know what you replaced it with. If not, I'll just keep using Grace's cast-offs and the old crusty tube of this Bobby Brown mascara that I still have. <laughs> what was your low? So, Becca, you said something funnier earlier today where I think you said it takes a lot of work to look mediocre. <laughs> yeah, I did Was that say what that. you said? Yeah. 
And mine is like all the maintenance. Like so much goes into just like looking like just okay. Like between getting your nails done, hair appointments, getting a spray tan if you're going on vacation, getting your 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 pedicure, going for a wax. I just feel like before I go to Cuba, I have so much like stupid maintenance shit yeah. to do. And I don't want to do any of it. I just want to be like a dirty, gross human. Yeah, I was complaining about this when I got to Grace's today because last night I had to go get a pedicure and I have to go get an eyebrow wax after this because of my trip to San Francisco. So just Yeah, that's another I'm, thing I need. I need to get my brows done. They're they're like caterpillars. Yeah, so I'm like was complaining that I don't even feel like any of this is really leveling me up. I'm just it's just keeping it <laughs> Keeping it mediocre. Keeping it medium. <laughs> so that's how I'm feeling. I feel like I'm running around on a treadmill just to look medium. Yeah. So let's get into the book. I wish we had, it doesn't sound great, but I wish we had the royal family like helping to groom us. It seemed, in the book, it seemed kind of terrible, but. Yeah, it sounded awful. Anyway, so The Royal We, I need to confess to you that this is the third time I've read this book. Oh, Wow. I love it's long it. too. It is long. I love it so much. It's uh, it is squarely in my interests of British chiclet and a good love story. It's a great love story. It's such a good love story that even I liked it. And you guys know I don't really love love stories. So, uh, I'm jumped at the chance to have a reason to reread this. So. Before we get into it, I'll tell you that this is basically just Prince William and Kate Middleton fan fiction. I'm curious at the end, we can talk about this, but it seems like it's kind of just based on news articles and then like kind of editorialized. So it's like a fictional retelling of their falling in love story. I agree. And if you if you read this book, you know that it's written by um, Heather Cox and Jessica Morgan, and they are the girls who write the Fug Girls blog. Yes. And so if you read... Fug Girls, it's all about the royals. And I feel like Heather and Jessica are so obsessed with the royals that they like just had so much ample knowledge of this mm-hmm. and could like put together this amazing story. Yeah. So we're reading, we're going off of our regular YA uh, book regimen because the royal wedding is coming up. Did you watch Kate and Will's wedding? I didn't. I didn't. I'm like the only person who didn't. I didn't either. I had no interest in watching a wedding. Are you going to watch Harry and Meghan's? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe. Like, I really loved Meghan Markle on Suits, and I definitely think Harry is, like, the cooler one. But um, I I just don't really care about watching someone else's wedding, no matter how famous or fabulous they are. Yeah. Before we get I'll into- read all the news articles. Like, I'll be, like, tearing through Us Weekly as they cover it. Yeah. But, like, actually getting up and watching it, probably yeah. not. Before we get into it, I think it's also very important to cover. When you were a teenager, were you Team Harry or Team William? Um, I was Team William before his hair fell out. Me too. And I think that... Now Harry's the hot one. Yeah. And I think that which prince you want is definitely an okay place to be a Fairweather fan, where you can just, like, switch teams. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Who... Who were your other teen crushes? So I was a diehard New Kids on the Block fan. Ooh. Um, I was obsessed with Donnie Wahlberg, who was like the bad boy of the group, which I think tells so much about my dating behavior and why I'm 36 and single. Because you liked Donnie Wahlberg. Because I like terrible people. <laughs> Mine was um, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, I loved him. And um, Ryder Strong from Boy Meets World. See, this is where it's, like, really apparent how much older I am than you because I remember my sister loved both of them. 
Um, Ryder Strong is not aged well, though, which is sad. He looks a little creepy as an adult. Yeah, so. he looks really old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love to, the new kids, though. Um, when I was a kid, I wasn't allowed to hang up posters on my wall. My mom wouldn't let me, so I had in my closet, I had a walk-in closet and I had pictures hung up all in the closet. So it was really like a creepy shrine to Leonardo DiCaprio and Andrew and Andrew Keegan. I also liked and Ryder Strong. Oh yeah. I remember Andrew Keegan. Uh, I used to read all the, um, Tiger Bee and all those magazines with the, with the centerfolds. Uh, those were the days. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's get into it. Okay. Let's get into it. Um, so we open up at the beginning and there's already a spoiler because Bex, who is our Kate Middleton character, is having pre-wedding jitters um, the night of her wedding to Nick. And Nick is our Prince William character. So one more tangent. I'm apparently very distracted today. Do you love it or do you hate it when somebody in a book has your name? I love it. I feel like I have to root for them. And even if they're like a villain, I will be on their team when like they have my your name. whole name or just your name? Just my first name. If they have my first name, I'm rooting for them. But there is another Grace Atwood on this terrible freeform show called Guilt. And like it pissed me off to no end. I'm like, it ruined. So, you know, as a influencer or whatever you want to call me, it ruined my search results. Like, I had a nice stream of, like, images from my blog and, like, events I've been at. And now there's all these pictures of this TV character. What's her deal? Um, I guess she got framed for killing someone. I watched the first episode of the show and it sucked, so I stopped. Okay, so I don't think I've ever read or watched something when somebody has my full name. Your full name is creepy. Your My full name would be creepy, but I love when a character has my first name. So from the get-go, I am, I am on her side. <laughs> so I just wanted to tell, I just wanted to yeah. tell you that. Okay. So we're, we're, we're team Becca all the way or Bex. As, Bex. Yeah. 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 So then we, we rewind to how her and Nick met. So Bex is on a semester abroad at Oxford. She's American. She gets placed in the same dorm hall as Nick. So like total luck of the draw, um, who is the heir to the British throne. And um, they end up bonding uh, really slowly. They have this like amazing, slowly unfolding love story um, where they bond over late nights watching this like terrible zombie TV show and they are friends before they fall in love. Um, and they also, oh, they have a great meet cute. So cute. Yeah. So they, she meets him and doesn't realize who he is. She's standing outside in the rain on her first day and he lets her into the dorm and helps her to her room. Um, and one of her friends has to tell her that he's actually the Prince of, of Britain, which so I thought was cute. so cute. Yeah. Yeah. It's also a little bit of a cliche because it kind of goes back to like what we talked about last episode where it's like there's always like the character who like doesn't know she's pretty oh, yeah. and is like kind of oblivious. Oh, yeah. But it's still really cute. Yeah. Did you study abroad in college? No. And that's like my biggest life regret or at least my biggest college regret. Mm-hmm. So I transferred colleges my sophomore year and mm-hmm. I felt like I really found my friend group and like I joined a sorority and like everything was so amazing. I didn't want to go away and leave all that. So I never went abroad and um, it like still makes me sad because I feel like every friend of mine who did study abroad had the best experiences. I studied abroad in Madrid in Spain, but I will tell you that I did not, I did not fall in love with a prince. So, I mean, you didn't miss that. Yeah. But, but I bet you had a lot of adventures and traveled a lot. I didn't leave the country or like besides Canada and Mexico until I was like 26. It was great. I love studying abroad. I can tell you I have 
I think one of my all-time best stories is from studying abroad. Can we do another tangent or am I just like too distracting? No, no, you can go, go. Okay. So when I was studying abroad, I don't know if I've told you this story before, actually. I'm excited. So when I was studying abroad in Madrid, I lived in this boarding house and it was mostly people who are native Spanish speakers who were like coming from other areas in the country to work in Madrid. And there were a couple foreign exchange students. And my roommate was this really, really sweet girl who was taking a gap year after she'd finished at uh, University of Texas before she started her job. And she was there to learn Spanish. So she didn't really speak any Spanish and um, was going to language classes. So we became friendly and we decided that we were going to go on a trip to Paris. And so we booked the trip and we get to the airport the morning of our flight and she'd booked it wrong. So she'd booked the trip in the past, like her flight had already happened. Oh no. So she couldn't rebook it. It was too expensive. And I had this moment of this flash where I was thinking to myself, well, I paid for this ticket. I had a friend, Brett, who lived in Paris, so I should just go. So I decide that I'm going to go alone, but I'm in the security line and all of a sudden realize that this is a bad idea on so many levels because this was... 2006. So my crappy cell phone was like a burner phone that didn't work outside of Spain. So I wasn't going to have a phone. And then I realized the hotel reservation was in her name. So I didn't know if I'd be able to check in. So I'm having this panicked attack breakdown and I call my parents and it was an early, it was a morning flight. So it was probably like seven or eight in Spain. So it was probably like two or three in the morning in the US. And so I call my parents and I'm freaking out. And I'm like, can you just go online and book me a a cheap hotel room on Expedia or something? And and just to make sure that I'm sorted and then I'll figure it out. And they were, well, at the time I was really illogical about it and thought they were being mean. But they were like, don't get on the plane, Rebecca. Like, that's a stupid thing to do. (laughs) And they were like, we're not helping you. (laughs) It's the middle of the night. And so I was like, fine, I'll figure it out. So I was angry at my parents. And I decided I was going anyway. I got there. It was totally fine. Um, My friend, the hotel could care less that the reservation wasn't in my name. My friend Brett had already left a message with the front desk. So I was able to get a hold of him really easily. I met my friend Brett. We went out for dinner and drinks and had a great night. And we were having such a good time. And all of a sudden, his cell phone rings. And he picks it up. We're a little drunk. He picks up his cell phone. And he gets kind of a funny look on his face and he goes, it's for you. And so I pick up his cell phone and the guy on the other end is like, I I don't remember the specifics of what he he said, but he's like, this is Adam from the American embassy in Madrid. And there is a missing persons alert out for you. Oh no! And we need to go through a security. First of all, he asked if I was okay. And I was like, yes, I'm fine. This is all misunderstanding. And he's like, we need to go through like a security protocol where he had to ask me all these questions and I had to repeat different words. So he was like, if you're in harm, but you can't say like the code word is banana, say the word banana oh my God. or something like, you know, to slip in if I was, yeah. if I was like being held at gunpoint and couldn't be like, come save me. So my parents had gotten worried because I was being petulant and I hadn't called them when I got there after my oh, no. um, call to them in a panic. And so they like thought I had been taken and they said, they Call, they ended up like escalating this and, and it got to the embassy and they had to find me. So it was very embarrassing, but it did make me realize that if you do get lost, they can find you because 
I have no idea how they tracked me to my friend's cell phone. That's crazy. It is really crazy. But I got my, it came full circle because we had to go on a field trip like a couple of weeks later for our study abroad program where we had to go to um, the American embassy. And the fir- we walked in and the first question was like, the guy was like, which one of you is Becca? <laughs> I was like, that's me. I'm that idiot. <laughs> that's amazing. So that I think that was probably like the most scandalous thing that happened to me when I studied abroad. But I did not, I did not get a royal wedding out of the deal. That's sad. We never would have met, though, if, if you had. So That's true. And there would never be any young adulting podcast. Or maybe true. I'd have it with someone way less exciting than you. Yeah. So yeah. back to the book. Yeah. I'll try to stay on track now. Yes. Yeah, stay on track. No more stories. No, I'm tell sorry. all the stories. I like I'm your sorry. stories. So they fall in love slowly, and it's amazing, um, before they realize that they're both completely crazy about each other. Yeah. And they have sex for the first time in a castle. Yeah. That was romantic. Great. Yeah. And you know Becca likes when there's sex in books, so that's I important. I like sex and I like love stories. Yep. That's who I am. It's fine. So then basically we cut to two years later. They've graduated from Oxford, but they're still dating, but they're undercover, so they haven't gone public with their relationship. Um, Bex has moved to London, and she takes this, like, crappy job. She's illustrating greeting cards, and she has this terrible apartment, and I, I think it's really important that they're setting her up that she is doing this for love. She is not doing this for fame. Yes, she's very wholesome. She's very earnest and has only good intentions. Yes. You're a yes. little – I think you're getting a little too close oh, to the mic. I'm getting excited again. That's what happens. So uh, then they introduce Freddie, and Freddie is our Prince Harry. Oh, uh, swoon. I loved him. Yes, he was so cute. So he is fun-loving, he's lovable, and a total womanizer. And, of course, he hits it off with Bex's twin sister, Lacey. So is this like an insinuation that there was something between Pippa and Harry? I think, I mean, it seems like it. So my, I'll just get ahead of myself. And I think, I felt like this book was basically like 75% true, with the exception of like, some of the Freddy stuff, I was like, yeah, this is basically just headlines rewritten. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. So meanwhile, Nick and Bex get found out. A paparazzi takes a photo of them when they're on a ski trip um, kissing. So basically they're discovered and, you know, they're kind of out in the open. So there's this huge media storm around Bex. The paparazzi are stalking her. Um, They're outside her house. They're outside her office. They're just like always on her trying to get a scoop. Yes. And then Nick gets really, really upset because it turns out that the media attention is what actually drove his mother insane, like literally insane. She's a total recluse, doesn't go outside, um, and they're currently hiding the mom away from the public. So it's like this big family secret, but she is like insane and like not, not a normal person. And so... Nick doesn't want the same thing to happen to Beck. So, you know, he's very protective, but it's coming from a good place because of what happened to his mother. So the pressure actually ends up driving them insane because he's going out in public with the, he's not confirming their relationship and he keeps being spotted around town with other girls and the media is like making a frenzy about it. And especially one girl in particular. Um, And so Nick and Beck end up breaking up because they, they just like couldn't make it in, in the face of all the pressure, his family didn't want them to be together. The press was always all over them. Like he had so many expectations on his shoulders. Yeah. It so. was really sad. How did, how did you feel about the breakup? So it made me respect her more. So Bex breaks up with Nick and it made me respect her more. It was, it was actually such a sad moment in the book. 
I I was down to the wire finishing this book, so I was reading it last night. And when they broke up, it was really emotional. I cried. Um, but she had to break up with him. She wasn't a doormat. She loved him, and she was willing to sacrifice, but she wasn't willing to totally sacrifice herself. And so I think it it really set her up as a strong person who you know, was in this for love, not for money, not for fame, but wasn't going to be all in for the wrong reasons. Exactly. It also made me really sad for Nick because clearly so much of this is about his mother and not wanting that same thing to happen to Bex and just caring about her so deeply. I know. So Bex is heartbroken. And so then we get into her party girl phase and she is just globetrotting, sleeping around. She's in she keeps getting in the tabloids and like these photos of her in little bikinis and she's you know having trying to have a great time to forget about him but she's she's miserable yeah so then she straightens out she really throws herself into work and also into dating but then she um goes to a country house party and she gets drunk and she makes out with freddie for like 10 seconds yes but whoops yeah, so don't make out with your 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 ex's brother and definitely don't make out with your ex's brother if they're like the prince. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, this is the other part. Like I don't think Kate Middleton and like Prince Harry made out. I mean, maybe they did. Oh my god. Imagine. Imagine. So, um at the same party, um Bex's twin Lacey gets the news that their father has died, which is really yeah. really sad. So it cuts everything short. Um, they have to go back to the U S, um, to be with their family. Um, he was like the glue that held their family together. So she's, you know, she's really hurting. So she comes home, um, after she's been in the U S for a few weeks, grieving with her mother and Nick is in her apartment waiting for her and they get back together. Finally. I know. Obviously they like belong together and we're both miserable. Yes. As a first order of business in being back together, Nick takes Bex to meet his mom. And so it's very emotional. um, But on the visit, he proposes. And he proposes with when they were in college and they used to eat these all these terrible American snacks while they were binge watching this terrible TV show. And he proposes with a ring from a box of Cracker Jack that they shared at Oxford. So cute. This is, oh, this is just the best book, you guys. This is like peak, oh, like were they writing this specifically for me? I think so. I mean, they they named the character after you, so. I love it. I was just lapping this up. Yes. So uh, they can't, they can't go from zero to 60 all yes. at once. So the palace orchestrates this like very carefully planned falling in love publicly um, in the media so that they can like pave the way for, to them like their fake actual proposal. So like yes. they're already engaged, but like they're getting engaged publicly. And re-falling in love again. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's hard because now she wanted, before they broke up, she wanted them to be public. But now that they're public... There's so much pressure on her and she has to be perfect. She has to be, she's going to be the queen, you know? Yeah. So um, in the meantime, so Nick um, had been in the Navy before he uh, took a leave to come back to be there for her when her dad died. And so he goes back into the Navy and um, kind of in the whole second half of the book, Nick is really absent. Like they, 
they had such a strong bond. Like they were such, they were so in love. Like it just made me want to be like squee, like all the time. Um, and the second half of the book, like Bex is really alone. Like there's so much pressure on her. Um, she's really isolated. Her and her twin are drifting apart because Lacey wants to be the center of attention. But now Bex, well, first of all, Bex is the center of attention, but also like Bex has to be perfect. Like she has to be a princess. So like she's having a hard time. So I'm an only child, but you have two sisters. Like how would you do if like Becca or Meredith were dating a prince? Like, would that be cool? Would that, would you hate them? No, I would be super excited. And I would also be like really proud because my sisters are like very, very normal and like very well behaved out of all of us. I'm the oldest and I'm definitely the most immature and like I'm I'm not wild, but compared to them, I'm I'm definitely wild. So I would be I'd be really, really happy if they did that. Now they're both married. Um one of them has two kids. One has a very successful design business. So they don't they're not messing around. Has them getting married changed your relationship with either of them? No, I I would say I would say no. I'm really, really close to my sister Becca's husband because they live in Brooklyn as well. Mm -hmm. So he, it's like, I got a brother and then I love my other brother-in-law, but they're just, they're out in Portland, Oregon. So Mm -hmm. I don't see them. So if anything, it just made the family closer and kind of expanded the family, which has been really nice. But I did really feel bad for Lacey in this too, because she, she had been dating Freddie or hooking up with Freddie. And, um, they told her that she couldn't because it made, it made them look like they had a fetish or something. Yeah. You know, she, she kept having to take the back seat and it, I mean, I don't have siblings, so I don't, I can't exactly picture it, but you know, she was like secondary. That, that was hard. Yeah. And meanwhile, Bex is being groomed for this new role in the spotlight. So she is like becoming a totally different person. She's still her same, like, it's like her same self. It's like, did you uh, see the princess diaries when yes. um, Anne Hathaway has to go to princess oh, lessons? That was a great movie. Oh, that was a great movie. But it's like, I that loved on, the makeover too. I know, but it's like that on steroids. Like, yes, it's to the point where they're subtly making changes so they don't get called out. So she's getting like a few extensions every week. You know, they're like slowly grooming her eyebrows. You know, she has to completely change her, her wardrobe to be, you know, more modest. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, it's the fun part of the makeover. Well, like a makeover scene is always really fun, but like this one is like, tough too like it's not just like it's not the selection where it's like here's a dazzling new wardrobe and we're give, gonna give you a new look yeah, it's I like think it would be tough it also came with all these pressures and expectations and the queen also suggests that she give up her american citizenship oh yeah so the queen is sneaky so yeah. the queen is um nick's grandmother and she's kind of this like strong silent type she doesn't First of all, nobody approves of Bex, but um, she doesn't approve of their marriage. And she um, basically makes this very casual casual insinuation that Bex should give up her American citizenship. And then as Bex is like, okay, I'll think about it. She's like, here's the paperwork. I just had it handy. So, like, go do that. Yeah. So, um, it, and it's like the, the last piece of her identity that, like, the palace hasn't taken. Yeah, exactly. So we talked about this, but, you know, we never really thought about it, but being Kate Middleton sounds like so exciting and dazzling, but it would kind of be awful. Well, it's like, did you ever, 
I know you watched this, actually. Did you watch The Christmas Prince? Obviously, I watched The Christmas Obviously. Prince. Obviously. Where it's like, I feel like most movies or books or whatever about falling in love with a prince is like only the romantic part where mm-hmm. it's like, it's so glamorous and it's so great. But I, I bet Kate Middleton had to go through this. Like, I don't... Yeah, I, actually, I bet it was really hard. I don't know a ton about Kate Middleton's background, but like, I, I think she either. was just a regular girl. She was like a regular girl. She, I think she were, was like a fashion buyer or like assistant buyer. And I don't know if you remember, but like, I remember back in the tabloids, like they would be on the beach and she'd have her top off and like, it sounded like she was like pretty fun. Like, yeah, but before, she, and now she just seems like beautiful and lovely, but kind she, of boring. Yeah. Well, she also had a... I feel like she got kind of trashed in the tabloids because she wasn't that well-dressed, but now she's, like, this, like, very prim, proper style yeah. icon. Yeah. Did you see the photos of her with the third baby leaving the hospital? Yeah, she looked perfect. She looked perfect, but it was, like, three days after having just given birth, and she, yeah. like, absolutely had a blowout and had a full face of makeup yeah, done. I can't. Like, can you imagine just, like, we were complaining at the beginning of the episode about having to, like, go get an eyebrow wax, but can you imagine, like, having to go through, like, a full beauty routine three days after having given birth? Yeah, not even just giving birth, giving birth to your third child. Yeah, and I like, think... I, like, where are your sweatpants? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. It's, like, it's one of those things that sounds so glamorous on the surface, but I actually bet would be pretty terrible. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, I... It's a, well, I've never had to consider it. Like I've never been offered the position of becoming royalty. So it's not something I've given a lot of thought to, but like if you'd asked me, you know, offhandedly, if I wanted to be a princess, like absolutely. But like after thinking about it, maybe not. No, I definitely wouldn't want to. I like can barely handle like being like a blogger and having like the pressure with that, like being like a real famous person. No, no, no. Yeah, it seems like it comes with way fewer per- perks than it comes with pressures in this book. I agree. So Bex ultimately breaks down from the pressure at her best friend's wedding. And Freddie, our Prince Harry, um, he takes her home. And um, he, like, rescues her so the paparazzi don't see. But he gets her home and he confesses that he has feelings for her. And he's like, do you want an out? Do you want to run? I, like, run away with me. And they kiss again. And they, they definitely have some chemistry. Yeah. But you're just like, oh, girl, don't do that. Yeah, it's bad. Don't. You're like, you know that this is going to screw things up for her. Yeah. And of course it does. Of course. Now we're basically caught up to the present day and they're about to get married. And it's the day before the wedding. And it turns out that their friend, Clive, who went to Oxford with them, um, has started this anonymous blog where he's criticizing Bex. It's like an anti-Bex blog. Yeah. And my new Bex hooked up with him like back. Oh back yeah. In, in her wild days. Yeah. Oh, in college and in her wild days. Yeah. And, um, Clive has basically gotten Lacey on tape talking about how Bex and Freddie kissed. So, um, Lacey had been, had walked into Bex's apartment while this was happening and seen them and was obviously super upset. And um, she told Clive, and he has it on tape, and he's blackmailing her for royal secrets. He's a reporter, and he's like, I will shut, I will, you know, leak this unless you give me juicy scoops. Exactly. So then Bex and Nick are at the the wedding rehearsal, and it becomes very clear that Nick knows. Yes. So Freddie told him, and he's 
like rightfully he's like furious. Yeah. So they have it out in a in a side room and she tries to explain why it happened and that it didn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Um but of course, you know, like your girlfriend hooks up with your brother. Like that's that that means something. That's intense. That's a lot. Yeah. So later they're at their rehearsal dinner and um they haven't decided what to do. They haven't called off the wedding, but they're also like not really speaking. And um, Freddie gives a great toast. He, you know, is trying to apologize to Nick. Um, and after, you know, the the festivities wind down, Bex actually goes um, up to Nick's mom's room and is talking to her. And, you know, she has this like really sweet moment where she's like, I know that you're not all there, but like also you're probably the only one who can, can, can understand the pressure I'm under and like, I screwed up. I did this terrible thing. She's like, you know, having this one-sided conversation to Nick's mom. Um, but Nick actually overhears it and he's there. And they they make up. They make up. He still wants to marry her. Yeah, he still he still loves her and he's he says something really sweet. I can't remember exactly what it is, but he's like I rather um keep trying with you like I know what it's like to be without you than like know that there's no one better out there for me like they're like faded yeah it's very very sweet it's very sweet so the friends conspire and get together and they come up with a plan to combat Clive yeah so they basically threaten him and um Bex punches him which is great yes best part best part and um they are a united front because he didn't he was betting that Bex wouldn't tell Nick about the what? blackmail. Yes. So um, they basically um, try to get his girlfriend and Lacey try to um, get him on tape confessing to what he did so they can use it against him. But in the meantime, they don't know if um, if the palace will let them get married if any of this comes out. So they actually have a, a wedding ceremony that night, just their friends so that nobody can come between them. So sweet. So sweet. So they go to this church and they have this small ceremony and it's very them. She's in jeans. Like she's totally herself. Yeah. They get married by this like drunk vicar. Um, but like they, they need to, they know that they're going to be together no matter what. Yeah. And that's kind of the end. But actually I have a question for you. How do you feel when books just kind of end abruptly before you actually know everything that happens? Do you like that or do you hate it? Oh, it, I didn't, I, I wish that the ending kind of went on for like maybe one more chapter. Me too. I felt the same way with Little Fires Everywhere. Like I don't like an abrupt ending. I don't either. I mean, I guess. I just like everything in neat boxes. Like I just want it to like be wrapped up for me and I know the whole story. But also like at some point, like where do you, where do you end? Because then yeah, like, you I have think, to keep going forever. And I would, I would read this book forever if it just kept going. And I'm not complaining, but it is very long. So I'm sure that the, yeah. the authors felt like it, they had to like stop. I know, but way. I wanted to know what like happened with Clive. Like, yeah, I wanted to know what happened with Clive. I wanted to know like what their, like their fancy ceremony was like. Yeah. I wanted all of the, like the, the rest of the story. I know. So I was saying, um, I was saying on our first episode or I don't know, like a long time ago, um, that I thought that there was going to be a second book from Freddie's point of view, but it never materialized because this book is kind of, it's like five years old, maybe. Yeah, this is nothing new. It's still amazing. So this is our plea to the authors that for the royal wedding, all we want is a sequel or uh, just anything. Like I will take scraps. It can be a blog post. Yeah. Anything. We just want to know. 
I loved this book. Yes. It's I one of the best. I love this book. It's kind of scandalous, though. Like, how do you think... I don't know if Kate Middleton read it. I'm betting she didn't. But, like, can you imagine the implications that, like, she also made out with Harry and that, like, Harry was with Pippa Middleton? Like, yeah. there's, a, there's some juicy it's, stuff it's, in it's here. It's juicy. It's yeah. fun to think about what percentage of the book is actually true. And it's fun to, like, kind of fantasize that it's all true. I would, oh my God, I would read the Meghan Markle version of this in a heartbeat. I hope oh, somebody yeah. writes it, if not the fuck girls. Oh my God, they need to write a second book. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. So should we move on to, this is a terribly inelegant segue, but should we move on to our obsessions? Yes, I think we should. So my obsession kind of ties into our next book or definitely ties into our next book. So I'm obsessed with um, the TV show Famous in Love. So I'll just tell you that it's the next book that we're going to read is Famous in Love by Rebecca Searle. We'll loop back to it. Um, But I found out that there's a TV show that's on Freeform, which is like what used to be ABC Family. And I'm watching it. It's with Bella Thorne. And it's it's terrible, but it's really good. It's giving me really, really hardcore. Did you watch the 90210 reboot? Yes. I only watched like a few episodes because I couldn't handle it. It's kind of like that where it's like a super soapy teen drama, but I'm like, I'm in it. Oh, I love that. Ugh. Okay. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to watch that once I finish Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. But um, what are you obsessed with? So mine, I actually have it with me right here because I want you to smell it, but also I can't pronounce it. So it is, um, I love Aqua de Parma's fragrances, and I have this shower gel from them called Mandorlo di Sicilia, and it is everything. It smells like summer in Italy. Give so there's like a little orange blossom. It's a little citrusy. Wait, no, and there's like notes of vanilla. Here, here, you can smell <laughs> it. Like, she knows what it smells like, and she's just like hogging it. It smells so good that like I have someone staying at my apartment while I go on the yoga retreat, and I'm going to have to hide it. Because, like, there's, it's only 6.7 ounces, and, like, I'm not sharing this. I So I'm not the best person to judge this because I'm getting over my cold from, like, two weeks ago still. Does it kind of also smell like birthday cake? A little. Like, super high-end, fancy birthday cake. Yeah. That might be why it smells... Because there's definitely that vanilla in there. Yeah, it smells kind of like birthday cake to it me. It does. It, you might have ruined it, smells it for like, me now. No, it smells like classy fucking birthday cake. Yeah, it smells like bougie birthday cake yeah yeah so I love it I like and it comes in this really beautiful blue bottle it's like very fancy in my shower but it's definitely getting hidden when I have company because this is for me and I'm not sharing it and like I share all my beauty products like when friends come I'm like use whatever you want not this (laughs) the other thing is face mist so someone was over making fun of me the other day because I have no fewer than three face mists at my desk So a quick story about Grace, when Grace and I worked together, her favorite thing to do would be randomly in the middle of a workday while you were engrossed in something, she would just come up and be like, can I miss your face? And she would love to just spray things directly in my face. So this is the least surprising thing ever that you have like five face mists at your desk. Yeah. So I have my Caudalie Beauty Elixir. Then I also have this Caudalie Grape Water. And then I have my SK2 Midday Essence. I'll let you spray me after we are done recording. But can I, I have to ask a kind of rookie question. Yeah. What is a face mist supposed to do? It's supposed to just give you like your skin like a little boost of hydration. 
I like to, so I don't generally wear makeup on my face during the day because I'm usually working at home. So I like to mist the shit out of my face and then put some extra face cream on. Hmm. Like I'm always moisturizing because my skin's naturally pretty dry. Um, but I love, I love a good mist. I feel like what I'm, well, first of all, when I have my time off this summer, but also while I'm working for myself, like maybe I'm just going to get really invested in skincare. Oh, you should. It's the best. Oh, can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. What about on Instagram? So an account that I'm absolutely loving is, she is a friend of mine, so whatever, I can talk about friends, but Katie Serino at the 12-ish style, so it's the 12 is just the numbers-ish style. Um, I just love her style. I find that, you know, I wear like a size six probably most of the time, but I find that bloggers are so hard to relate to because they're all like a size zero. And so, I, you know, I just like seeing someone who's just like a size 12 and killing it with their outfits. She does this fun thing called Super Size the Look where she takes outfits that celebrities are wearing and she kind of reimagines them in her own style. And I just think that like, A, she's like super inspiring. She has great style. She's also super body positive. Like she talks a lot about why you should be confident, like putting your confidence on before you go out. I just, I love her and think she's killing it. I can second that. I follow her as well. And she's like very well dressed. She also, oh, um, you might know her because she, um, she has famous dogs. She has two, used to be three Instagram famous dogs. She was toast meets world's mom. Yeah. And poor toast RIP. I know RIP. Um, Becca, what about you? So, okay. So I thought this was very apropos because of we're doing a royal wedding episode. Do you follow Gary Janetti? I don't. I'm like looking him up right now because. So Gary Janetti, he was like, he was either the showrunner or the executive producer of Will and Grace, and he's married to Brad Goreski. But he um, has on his Instagram, he always has these posts that are really snarky, where he does these posts that are from. Uh, like memes around mostly like Prince George and Princess I'm Charlotte. This it's all Prince George. And he like basically has all these memes of him giving side eye to people and like making these like snide comments. And they're so oh. funny. You know what this reminds me of is, do you remember Surrey's Burn Book? Yes, it's exactly like that. But it's like the royal version of Surrey's Burn Book. Is Surrey's Burn Book still going on? I have no idea. I need to find out. But um, whenever this pops up in my feed, I just like, I'm always laughing so hard. And he like basically imagines Prince George as being like the biggest bully and like being kind of a jerk. And it's hilarious. So. Oh my God. That's amazing. If you need some, like some LOLs in your life, follow Gary Gennetti. Oh, this is hilarious. I'm like laughing so hard. But what else are you reading, Grace? So I, I'm, I have, I'm behind, but I just started educated. Oh yeah. You mentioned that last week. Yes. So my friend Carly from Carly, the prepster, I saw her at a brunch and she's like, oh my God, I just finished the best book. You're absolutely going to love it. I really trust Carly's taste in books. We, we like a lot of the same things. Like she loves little fires everywhere. Um, but wait, what is educated? I've never heard of it. So educated is it's similar to the glass castle in that it's the memoir of a woman who grew up in the Mormon church and oh. did not set foot inside a classroom until she was 17. Oh, so interesting. I have not gotten very far. Like right now she's like nine years old living at home. Her grandparents really want her to go to school. Her parents like 
have no intention on ever sending them to school. The government can't go after them because they don't even have birth certificates. They've never been to real doctors. Like there's no record of her and her siblings. So it's, I'm about 20 pages in, but I'm hooked so far. Ooh, interesting. So I'll let you guys know what I think in the next episode. I shamefully did not read anything this week. I've been pretty behind. I barely made it through the Royal We. I I had to tell Grace that I was going to be an hour late because I needed to finish it. So I'm, priorities. Uh, I'm excited to do some reading when I go to San Francisco um, on the flights and, and while I'm there. But uh, I'll have more to tell you next week, but didn't have a great reading week this week. Um, on that note, Becca, why don't you announce what we're reading next in two weeks? In two weeks. So I mentioned this before. We're going to read Famous in Love by Rebecca Searle. So the book is about this girl who gets plucked out of obscurity. I, I think in the book she's in high school, but in the TV show she's in college. But I have to reread it and I'll re-remember. Um, and she gets uh, cast as the lead in this movie that is like, from a book series that's huge, like this blockbuster series. Like think of it like Twilight or something. And um, so she goes to Hawaii to film this and there's these two co-stars who are both like, have been child stars. They've been around the block a little bit um, and they have had a huge falling out. They used to be best friends and she kind of falls for both of them. Oh, so there's a, gr- I haven't read any of this and I don't, I don't, I ordered it today and don't even know what it's about. So I'm getting like, yeah. so excited. So there's like a great love triangle. There's all this drama. It's very soapy. There's a love story. Um, I read it probably like two or three years ago and I loved it. There's a second one in the series that's out and there's a third one that's coming. Um, But I've been, I I mentioned before what I was obsessed with is I've been watching the TV show and it's so good. So I'm really excited to go back to the book. Um, Or if you've just been watching the TV show, I don't know how different it is yet because I'm only three or four episodes in, but um, you can also listen along with us next week. Well, I can't wait to read this. So before we sign off, Grace, tell people where they can get more young adulting in their life if they're having withdrawals. So guys, come hang out in our Facebook group. Um, Just search Young Adulting Podcast and you'll see our logo um, on Facebook. It, the only thing I can tell you is that it will make you want to buy all of the books because I just can't, like my, my to read pile is huge thanks to all of you guys and your recommendations. Yeah, our, um, I feel like our listeners have really diverse tastes too. So it's not just young adult. Like I'm getting, oh my God, I'm, my to read list is getting it's, out of control. It's out of control. It's smart books. It's dumb books. It's all sorts of great books and yeah. it's really fun. Yeah. And I also like, I like getting recommendations from somebody that's read the book rather than just like the star review online. So yeah. I feel like it hasn't led me astray yet. It did lead me to the paper princess series, which I we're still mad at you. We're still mad, but it was, it was, it was good. good. Yeah. So lots of book recommendations, um, and you know, some, some, uh, miscellaneous topics too. And also we have an Instagram account, which is at young adulting pod. And you can also follow Grace and I on Instagram. So I'm on Instagram as at Becca M Freeman and I'm at Grace Atwood. But our number one ask for you is if you are enjoying this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in the iTunes store. It's huge. It really helps. It really helps us. We're, uh, we're doing this for love, not for money. And we're, uh, you know, want to keep spreading the word and, and get our name out there. So please, please, please leave, a, leave us a rating and a review. And if you already have uh, from the bottom of our heart, we really appreciate it. 
and tell your friends. Um, the best thing you can do besides leaving us a rating or a review is to just take a screenshot, um, throw it up on your Instagram story. It helps get the word out there. Um, you know, I always, I find all of my new podcasts from Instagram, so I think it really helps. Yeah, tell everyone you know. Everyone. Spread it. (laughs) And join us next week when we'll be... And join us next week when we'll be giving some advice to... (laughs) Damn it. And We're off. And join us next week and we'll be giving some advice uh, to... No. We'll be answering your listener questions. Yes. Okay. And join us next week when we'll be answering your listener questions. And be sure to send us an email at youngadultingpod at gmail.com or send us a DM if you have a question that you want us to answer. See see you next week. (laughs) Bye.